The Dangote Oil Refinery is set to start operations as soon as October 2030 and Nigeria needs to deal with as much as $6.8 billion of overdue forward payments. From over 1,000 cities and 126 countries, Care Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Rithadong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Rithadong. In Uganda, the National Social Security Fund revenue increased by 15% from 1.9 trillion Uganda shillings to 2.2 trillion Uganda shillings for the financial year ended June 30th, 2023. Overall, the investment environment in Uganda and the region was challenging over the last financial year. The reduction in value of stock markets in Uganda and Kenya, the appreciation of the Uganda shilling against regional currencies and the reduction in long-term bond yields increased pressure on the fund's performance. In this episode, Acting Deputy Managing Director Gerald Casato explains the investment environment and its impact on the fund's performance. We have quite a sizable amount of investment on the Kenyan side, but I think we need to understand why the decision to go in Kenya makes sense in the first place. We know we have the Uganda Securities Exchange. Uh, Until 2011, the fund 98% or almost 99% was invested in Uganda. But then when the new law came, uh, the one of uh, OPRA, it allowed schemes to actually invest within the East African region. So the fund took a conscious decision to take advantage of the diversification opportunities within the region. Kenya was a natural uh, option or or a reasonable option for several reasons. The Kenyan economy is bigger than the Ugandan economy, so it's almost twice the size of the Ugandan economy. The Nairobi Stock Exchange had been around since the 1960s compared to the Uganda Stock Exchange, which only came into existence in the year 2000. You have over 70 or 80 companies listed in Kenya uh, compared to less than 20 20 companies listed on the Uganda Securities Exchange. Uh, You have companies like Safaricom, Equity Bank, uh, KCB, to give you context, KCB or liquidity bank are twice the size of NSSF in market capitalization. So basically it made sense for the fund to get into Kenya. But it's not that we needed to be there aggressively. So we managed the, our, our participation in Kenya by the, the extent to which we allocate investments in Kenya. So basically what happened last year, Kenya went through some, some bit of turmoil. We know um, things began going badly since COVID came. When COVID came in 2020, all economies took a hit. Kenya wasn't uh, an exception. Uganda also had its own issues. But then aside of COVID, last year, at the beginning of last year, we had the Russia-Ukraine conflict, which compounded the issue issues that had actually started from COVID. Now, Kenya is unique in East Africa in the sense that it has, it has borrowed money from the international markets. They call them euro bonds. When you're a country and you're borrowing from the international markets in a currency which is not your own, it's a euro bond. So when you look at the East African countries, it's only Kenya that has a euro bond. Now, when the Russia-Ukraine conflict came, and the interventions that the, the, the developed world put in place to kind of protect the economies from crashing, it meant that inflation in the Western world had to get to, to, to levels that had not been seen 
since the 1980s. When we talk about inflation in Uganda, it's not a problem in those car economies because their target is 2%, ours is 5%. But basically what we saw at the beginning of this financial year in July, we saw inflation in the Western world almost approaching 10%. So what happened is that the central banks in those countries reacted aggressively to kind of combat inflation. They raised rates. Now, when the Fed raises its rates, uh, it means that the dollar is going to become expensive. So, sorry, the dollar is going to appreciate against uh, other currencies, and usually because our markets are also, uh, uh, they also have foreign investors participating, when the dollar strengthens against local currencies, there tends to be a capital flight by portfolio investors, uh, you know, um, repositioning their portfolios to, to, to safer assets, and that is what happened. But it has implications for us because when investors are leaving the market, we see we see a lot of volatility. So essentially, what happened last year? While that one was happening, the Kenya shilling, the Kenya shilling weakened the most. In fact, because Kenya has a euro bond, the yield of the Kenya euro bond almost touched twenty percent. Now it meant that the country could not support the currency at a time when the dollar was strengthening. So it ran out of reserves. What it meant was that there was a lot of volatility in the stock market to the extent that we saw the Kenya shilling, you know, uh, weakening by 22%. The stock market as a whole came down by 14% on the Kenyan side. But for us, because we report our financial results in terms of Uganda shilling, the other effect or the other adverse effect was the weakening of the Kenya shilling or the strengthening of the uh, the, 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 the Uganda shilling compared to Kenya, which compounded our situation. But the reality is that Kenya still remains a very good investment uh, destination because, like I said at the beginning, it has the largest economy, the largest stock market. It has been growing just like us within the region of 4-5%. Um, it is a more diversified economy. When you look at some of the companies listed on the stock exchange, like the banks, they have returns on equity in excess of 20%. You look at a company like Safaricom, return on invested capital, more than 35% or 30%. These are good companies to have. Can they recover? We believe so. And that is why we do not see a reason for concern. What happened last year was just a one in a once in a while kind of event which led to what we saw. Actually, what I didn't say is that in addition to the, to the, to the, to the things which are happening externally, Kenya also experienced the largest drought uh, that particular year, and actually we saw agriculture suffer. So for the first, I think for the first time in a long while, Kenya, Uganda had a trade surplus compared to Uganda because they had to import food from Uganda. So I think I've kind of exhausted the Kenya situation. So, regarding the second question, our stake in Safaricom, we have about 1%, and I think we are the largest single largest, so we are the single largest institutional investor holding uh, Safaricom at about 1%. But like I said, Safaricom is a giant, it's almost twice the size of the fund. So that 1%, actually, mainly to give you context, the, the share price of Safaricom year on year 
declined from 32% last year and we closed at about 15 16%. So that hit of Safaricom alone actually had an impact on our performance. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Nigeria needs to deal with as much as $6.8 billion of overdue forward payments in the foreign exchange market before the Naira stabilizes. This is according to the finance minister, Wale Edu. The currency extended a month-long slide and hattled towards the $1,000 per dollar mark in street trading as the central bank held back from supplying dollars to a panic-stricken market. Edu, appointed last month, said in an interview that resolving the contracts would allow the Naira to strengthen. On a quick trip around Africa, the planned expansion of the BRICS bloc through the addition of new members Saudi Arabia, Iran, United Arab Emirates, Egypt, Ethiopia and Argentina will transform the grouping into a global leader in renewable energy in the coming decades. This is according to Reistered Energy Research. The six new members will join BRICS group of Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa in January 2024. As the transition to cleaner technology accelerates, the alliance is projected to derive over 8 of its power from renewable sources by 2050, with total capacity reaching 11 terawatts, more than double the combined 4.5 terawatts expected in the group of seven nations, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK and US. Renewable energy is rapidly gaining prominence as costs decline, making it an increasingly attractive prospect for investors in the BRICS nation. This appeal is reinforced by the abundant natural resources and affordable labor in most member countries, which creates an opportunity for significant growth in gross domestic product per capita, while population growth remains relatively conservative by comparison, underscoring the economic strength of some of the incoming members. Despite rapid economic growth, BRICS plus nations face a challenge in reducing emissions due to their heavy reliance on fossil fuels. In the G7 nations, the early adoption of green technologies and policies has seen their emissions decline. Both groups are setting ambitious climate targets, underscoring the pivotal role sustainable energy will play in the global energy transition. The Dangote oil refineries reportedly set to start operations as soon as October 2023, increasing Nigeria's domestic fuel supply and allowing it to export more expensive refined petroleum products. Dangote has a capacity to refine up to 650,000 barrels per day. However, production is only expected to reach full capacity in the first half of 2024. The refinery will transform the domestic hydrocarbon sector, yet Dangote will still be susceptible to Nigeria's problematic business environment which could reduce its efficiency and profits. Traditional TV and home video will continue to dominate the advertising space in Kenya and the broader East African region until 2026. After that, the revenue from internet advertising is projected to overtake traditional TV, according to a new study by PricewaterhouseCoopers. The PwC Entertainment and Media Outlook projects that the value of traditional TV and home video will be 430 million US dollars in 2026. However, internet advertising is expected to bridge the gap by 2026 to stand at $426 million. Internet advertising is growing rapidly in Kenya and by 2026, it will only be $1.2 million behind traditional 
television and home video. This will open the door for internet advertising to dominate the market in the following years. Video games will also overtake newspapers and consumer magazines in the same year. Despite the shifts, internet access will remain the largest segment in Kenya's entertainment and media market across the forecast period. Across Kenya, South Africa, Nigeria, the internet advertising sector will be driven by the mobile sub-segment, as is the case globally. At the global level, mobile display will be the largest contributor to overall revenue added to the segment through 2026. But in Nigeria and Kenya, it is mobile search that will see the largest gains. The shift in revenue platforms is driven by data consumption, which is continuing to grow rapidly across the world and African markets are no exception. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at The Dome.